Uh, welcome to episode 141. Yep. Yeah. Uh, brought to us by Dollar Shave Club. No matter what you do in the bathroom to get ready, Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Great shower stuff, hairstyling products, toothbrushes, toothpaste, and of course, razors and shave supplies. And my bathroom is all Dollar Shave Club. It's all all free. And it's awesome. Right? They sent us stuff to the our, our trailers, by the way. But yeah, I did. I got that. She was I like, I that. think they dropped off uh, your box in my trailer. And I was like, no, I think they just sent us both stuff. It's like, what am I going to do with all this bead stuff? Yeah. Uh, you might do your hair or get ready or you're listening and you have a, a man in your life. Right now, you can get an amazing deal with any of their starter sets. I would recommend the Daily Essential Starter Set because the... Body cleanser is great. There's just so much. So dollarshaveclub.com slash bones to pick up your own Dollar Shave Club starter set for just five bucks. And they ship a regular price. And make sure you check out the new video too. Dollarshaveclub.com slash bones. Dollarshaveclub.com slash bones. Uh, so we just finished practice. We did. Yeah. And this is the first time that you've been in the studio in the house though. I know. It's my first time. I love it. It's really nice up here. Um, and I have like little knickknack injuries just from... We're not wearing shoes. Yeah, bare feet. The bottoms of your feet must be raw by now. The bottoms, the skin's gone, but like the toes. Yeah. And the top of my feet. Yeah. My back. Yeah. All of that. My, <laughs> my butt. My eyeballs. Everything. everything. You've had to have some pretty heinous injuries over the years, right? Uh, yeah. There's been some uh, pretty grueling ones. Oddly, I've never broken a bone ever. Never broken a bone, but I did snap my ACL in half and twist up my meniscus. Uh, more times than they could count and fix, uh, basically. That happened when I was 15. I was dancing in the World Championships, and uh, it went. Wait, so how do you – is that like a move, like a spin or a pivot or a push? It was a it was jive, which you know a lot about. Which and is a very intense, like jumpy movie dance. Yeah, it, it's a very intense dance, but also just competing in the World Championships is intense. You know, you're leading up to it doing seven days a week training nonstop, and it's it's hours and hours on end, and then you get to the day, and the semifinal would have been probably eight, nine rounds in. We'd already done our com- – competed and danced eight or nine times that day, and so your body is tired and uh, we got to the final dance in the semifinals, and that was the jive. And I did this jump thing where he'd, we would jump up and jump back down, and I just must have landed the wrong way, and I felt something give. And uh, I came off the floor, and it had blown up like a grapefruit. And I was sitting there with the uh, the medic, and in, in, we were in Austria, so there was no English really going between us. It was just kind of hand signals. But it was basically telling me that I shouldn't dance. And uh, then my dance partner came running in and told me that we'd made the final, and no one was going to tell this 15-year-old that she wasn't going to dance in the final at the World Championships. And so I made them drain the fluid out of my knee, my knee, put cortisone in it, and I went out and danced. Half a dance until my knee gave out. Oh, so you didn't get through it? No, gosh, no, I didn't. I barely finished the first dance, and then uh, I got off the floor, and they had to hook me up to this machine and um, with the electric pads and stuff to try and figure it out. I got flown back to Australia and had a full ACL reconstruction. So how do you... As a 15-year-old competing in the world championships, is that normal? It's like gymnastics where there are a lot of 13, 14, 15-year-olds that are starting to be good, or were you young for your age? Yeah, I was young for my age group, but it was youth, so it was under 21. So I was 15. There was you know, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds there. So it was, yes, in a sense, I was ahead of my age. Uh, my dance partner was two years older than me. He was 17 or 18 at the time, I think. Uh, so there was, yeah, there was a lot of 15 and 16 year olds there, but predominantly everyone was a lot older. When was it for you that you started to go, oh, I'm actually kind of better than everyone? Because <laughs> there had to be that. that point. No, because 
you are obviously a great dancer, and there had to be a point of separation. A lot of my athlete friends, even my musician friends, through work or talent, and usually a mixture of both, they start to go, oh, I was 17, and I could start to see myself growing faster than my peers. Mm-hmm. So when was that for you? I think that... Um... To be honest, I don't even know if I've really ever had that moment, if I'm being real with you. When I was 15 and competing in the world championships, I started to resent dance a little bit. I didn't see it for what it was. was, I felt like it was my parents putting me in it, and I knew I was good at it. You know, I was Australian champion going to the world championships. There's a certain confidence and cockiness that goes with that. But I was always searching for something else, uh, this freedom that I thought that I wanted. And so when I busted my knee and I had these two years off the dance floor, that's when it became my choice to want to go back to dancing. And when I went back two years later, I had dropped very far from the top of the leaderboard. I had to retrain my body how to do what it was doing. And so I felt like I was always behind everybody else. And so perseverance and hard work, moved myself to London on my own at 18, started training, you know, working three jobs just to be able to afford to dance, to try and catch up to everybody. And it probably took me a good few years after that. I would have been in my mid-20s when I was like, okay, all right, I'm pretty, I'm pretty dang good at this. Oh, and so that's I where it kind of happened then. Yeah, it took what, a lot. What is it with you then that separates you? Because I just see a bunch of elite athletes. Mm-hmm. You guys are so good that it's like walking into the land of giants. And okay, so one giant three foot taller than the other, you're still all 15 feet tall. You know, that's what it seems like in that, that space when we're all working. And I don't know who's amazing and who's amazing plus one. Right. Because I've never seen it before. Yeah. It's like watching, uh, I'll make a different analogy, someone throw a 103-mile-an-hour fastball and a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Mm-hmm. Both point zero 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 one percent of the population can do. Right. But there's a difference if you watch enough baseball that you can see it. Now, I haven't seen enough dance to know the difference. So what is it about you now that makes you throw the 103-mile-an-hour fastball? Oh, my God, life experience. I think what... Uh separates all of us on that show is that we learned how to not just be dancers, but be communicators, to be mentors, to be teachers. There's, there's an art form to that as to why we are the, the 12 chosen few to be a part of dancing with the stars and to be elite and to be able to throw 103. It is so much more than just you learning how to dance. It's being able to understand a person and, uh, to put, to be honest, them first, before what you want in that moment. That's what makes a great coach. You've got to mold to the person in front of you. And there have been a lot of great dancers that have come on this show and not lasted because they haven't had the ability to do that. It's a it's a completely different world. Uh, I've been so far out of the competitive ballroom world now that I'm like a hybrid of, you know, ballroom and commercial dance and TV and creating and storytelling. It's been, I couldn't imagine going back to just being a dancer because I am obsessed with being a creator and a mentor. As a coach, it's interesting because I will watch just because I coach people at different things, Mm -hmm. but I'll watch you coach me. And I can tell when you're really frustrated and you don't want it to come through Mm -hmm. and you're trying so hard not to be frustrated but you do a great job at 99% of the time of just <laughs> of not letting it show and just keeping your head down and you keep pushing you, which keeps pushing me. Right. That's a, that's a real quality trait. There aren't a lot of great coaches. When did you get good at actually figuring people out? I think I've always been good at figuring like people Andy out. Like Andy Dick, season one. Yeah. Did you, could you figure him out pretty quickly and how to coach him? 
Yeah, because I have experienced a lot of people throughout my life with drug and substance abuse, you know, and a history of trying to get clean and trying to go to rehab and trying to get their life together. So you knew like his situation. Yeah. So you kind of worked around him. Yeah, that I learned that you you have to work with the person in front of you. Not no two people are the same. So as a coach, I can't coach you the same as I coach Josh Josh Norman. You know, you're you're two completely different people that require two different styles of teaching. Uh, and Andy Dick was, was my first partner ever on the show. I was like, congratulations, you're a pro. You have Andy Dick. I had no idea who he was until I, I saw his face and thought, oh gosh, what am I in for this season? And, uh, he was very broken on the inside and had a lot of demons, but through dance and through him and I working together, we really got through a lot of stuff, but you know, it was a huge learning curve for me. That was my first experience of having to put uh, another person, uh, ahead of my creativity, ahead of my dancing and learning how to be the support for that person. Uh, but I actually love that. I spent my whole life being the one that was on stage center front and dancing, especially while I was touring. So it's really beautiful to give that moment to someone else now. So how do you, you, how do you get on dancing with the stars as a pro? Like what's that? Where do yeah. they where do they find you people? I mean, now in the days of like, so you think you can dance? It's it's a really great recruiting uh, tool. Basically, you know, you can see these ballroom dancers from across the the planet, so or you know, across the country, go on this show and and really pick who you want. That's how we got Whitney, Lindsay, Jenna. There's a lot of them we got from that show. But back before then, before so you think was really that massive. You couldn't audition for Dancing with the Stars. They just had to know about you. They had to know your name within their circle for you to even get a look in. And the way that they found me was I was dancing on Broadway in 2009 and we had Max Tchaikovsky come and star in it as our as our celebrity dancer. And so he was on Dancing with the Stars at the time. So who is he? he was a, like a pro? He was a pro. So he's Val's brother. Val and Jenna, Val Tchaikovsky on the show, Dancing with Nancy. That's his older brother. Val's older brother. Yes. Yeah, I like Val. Right. Yes. They're yeah. both amazing people. They're family to me. Uh, but anyway, Max had been on since like season three, I think. So he came out, started in the show. The whole of the Dancing with the Stars production team came out to support and see him and also, you know, quietly recruit a couple of us from that show. And that's where they found me, Sasha, Peter, who isn't on this season, but was on uh, previously, uh, Emma, Artem, a whole lot of us came from there. So when you get the call and they say, come do Dancing with the Stars, is that like Saturday Night Live for dancers? Is that like? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it is now. Back in the day, the purists didn't want to have anything to do with it. Dancing with the Stars, the last two to three seasons, maybe. Here we are at season 27 and still going strong. It was, it was thought to be that you were selling out if you went to do a Dancing with the Stars from the competing world. But now everyone wants to be a part of it because it's incredible what it's done for dance. It's put ballroom dancing back on the map and in the living rooms of people across America. More and more dance schools are filled now, are full of people going to take ballroom dancing lessons because they see it on Dancing with the Stars. It's amazing. What kind of kid were you? So you're four, five, six years old. What, what, what was that about? Oh my God. I was so many different, uh, so many different levels when I was growing up. I feel like I went through so many different stages. As a four, five, and six year old, I was this sweet little blonde hair, blue eyed pigtails running around. Couldn't, couldn't tell a lie if you begged me. I could, I was always just my heart on my sleeve. In Australia? Yeah, in Australia, growing up in Wagga Wagga. I was, uh, what part of the, if I'm looking at a map, what part of that? As Wagga Wagga. So there's the East Coast, and you know where Sydney is and Melbourne is, right? Sydney is sort of in the middle of the East Coast, say. It's a little lower than that. And then Melbourne is at the bottom. If you draw inland 
and meet those two points, that's where you would find Wagga Wagga. It's inland, but in between Sydney and Melbourne. The water? No. There's a huge lake, a massive, massive lake that we would ski every uh, summer as kids. And it was amazing. Uh, my nan used to live right across the road from the lake. We call it Burgess Beach. We'd be out there every day. So you're a kid. Your parents are together at four, at five, t- six years old? At the time, yeah. yeah. Kind of on and off, but at the time. You have brothers and sisters? No, I have a half-brother from my dad's first marriage, uh, who I was really close with as a kid, but uh, through family falling out, so you and I haven't spoken for a very long time. That's always a weird thing, because I have a half-brother I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy, like, right? And it's like half of my blood and lungs and mm-hmm. hair, mm-hmm. and but I don't know my real dad. I just you know just met him again recently. Uh, yeah, that's a weird thing to have someone that you like share half your genetics with and don't know. Yeah, it's well. I mean, I think for me, what was tough is he was my he was my brother growing up. Was he? Yeah, oh, so you guys had a brother yeah. sister relationship. I remember that. Uh, I would hide in the closets when I knew he was coming home from work so we could play hide and seek. Like I, he was my brother. I knew no different. Uh, but, you know, not he and I didn't have a falling out, but uh, our family did and he and my dad. And so it just ended up that we lost touch. And that hurt because I lost him when I was about 15, 16. So your mom and dad split. Do you go with one of them? Uh, Do you leave my, both of them? My mom and dad were on and off. Uh sort of together when I was really young and then they stuck it out and they stayed until I left home and I moved out of home when I was 17 and they lasted maybe six months after that. Where'd you go after 17? I moved out for a little bit while I was in Sydney and then a few months later I moved to Melbourne Um, and I was living in Melbourne on my own and then packed my bags and moved to London. Were you dancing in Melbourne? Yeah, I was. That was when I started to get back into dance Um, after I'd been a rebellious, crazy teenager for a couple of years there and got all the freedom in the world that I thought I wanted. And when I got back into dance, I had to relocate to Melbourne. So you go to London to do what? All the world's best coaches were there at the time. Back in the days of uh, like Blackpool, which is basically our world championships, which is this little like little almost casino town in the UK. And they host the biggest ballroom dancing competition in the world. It's bigger than the world really, because at the world championships, you only get two couples from each country. At Blackpool, you get all of them. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of couples that compete. And you go there every year. And so that was kind of the hub of ballroom dancing. All the best coaches lived in London uh, at this little studio called Semley. And you would be practicing every single night from 8 p.m. for eight pounds. And you would go in and you'd do eight cha-chas, eight sambas, eight rumbas, eight jives, eight whatever. But you would also see the top six in the world practicing right next to you. I mean, that's inspiration right there. And then throughout the day, you would uh, go and have your dance lessons from some of the best in the world. So in London, your goal was what, though? You're 18, I, 19 years old. Like, what, What's the plan? I thought I was going to be world champion. That was my goal. I never had a dream of being in television. I never even thought that I'd end up in, in this kind of world. I was going to own a dance studio, go back to Australia, teach dance, give back to my community. What does a world champion mean, though? Like what did you want to get a wrestling belt? Like you get a ten- I mean, no. At the time, it just sounds like it's what you want to do, right? You just want to be the best in your field. But you want money? No, not even really. I mean, I, you, ballroom dancing—you don't earn that much money. You spend a lot of money. But at the time, again, that was my art form. It was my craft. It was, it was what I was passionate about. And so I thought I want to be the best at it. And to be the best, you had to be the world champion. You did get hired to go and do shows for certain mm. events, but that's not enough. You're not going to make a, a ton of money doing that. 
Um, and I'm really grateful that I ended up in the direction that I have to give me, you know, an opportunity to explore other things too with my creativity. But, uh, at the time I didn't even know all this existed. So you moved to States for a job. I moved to, so I left touring when I, at the end of 2010, I went to London and choreographed a movie over there. It's basically the, the European version of step up, uh, called street dance Two. And uh, I choreographed that, and from there I came over to Dancing with the Stars in August 2011. And what's it like when you first enter Dancing with the Stars? It, because there are a lot of other dancers that have been there. Mm-hmm. And I see Brandon this season. It's mm-hmm. his first time, and he's a little deer in headlights. Yeah, he is. He's like, oh, my God, I hope I did okay. And I'm like, dude, you're a freaking pro. He's amazing. He's amazing. He just doesn't see it yet. And so your first season, do you feel like you have something to prove? And do they give you one of the hardest – not Andy Dick specifically, but anyone that comes. I guess not Brandon because he has somebody really good. Well, yeah, Brandon's been around for a little bit and I think he's such a good match with uh, his partner because he has he's a very well-rounded dancer. He does hip-hop, he does contemporary, he does jazz and that's what Tanache is great at too. So they're a really good match where some of our other male dancers haven't studied those forms of dance. They're just straight ballroom. Um, so they the show really tries to match you with who they think best works. But my very first season on the show, I uh, I wasn't with a celebrity partner. I was on the troupe. And oh, you were in the troupe. Yeah, I started wow. in the troupe. When they originally wanted me in 2009, there was no troupe. They wanted to be me to be a pro straight away. But then when I could finally join them in 2011, there was this thing called the troupe. And they said, we want to introduce you to our fans so they get to know you before we lose one of our old you know, fan favorites at the time. So... I did that, but my very, very first episode, they asked me to choreograph the opening number because I just came off choreographing a movie and I said no to it. I said no because it was like, okay, here's this new kid coming in. None, all of them have egos and attitudes and I didn't. I knew some of them but not all of them and I didn't want to just come in as this kid on the troop and start bossing everyone around. You stand here, five, six, seven, eight, let's go. So I actually said no to it because I was so intimidated by it that I didn't want to come out and, and – um, I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't going to be a good look for me. Probably would have been a good look. I don't know. Stupid decision. But at the time, I was way too intimidated to do it. So how many seasons did you troop? Three. I didn't know this. Yeah. So you're on the troop for three seasons, Mm -hmm. meaning for someone like me who doesn't know what that means, that means you're one of the extra background dancers. Yeah. See, at the time when I was on the troop, it was amazing because we also had a Tuesday show every week, but celebrities didn't dance on it. The troupe did. We would do all the opening numbers. I was choreographing opening numbers. We didn't have Mandy Moore. We'd have artists. Which, by the way, Mandy Moore is not the singer Mandy Moore. It's someone the choreographer. who's a choreographer. Yeah. Yes. We had uh, Little Big Town come on. We had uh, a, a bunch of incredible artists come on. Kiss was one of them, which was really cool for me. And I would choreograph the dances for them. We would do group numbers and I would choreograph and I would meet the band and or the group or the singer and, you know, put these pieces together. And every Tuesday we'd dance and perform. I was living my life. Troop was so different years ago. Now the troop basically gets to be background in all of our dances. They really don't get an opportunity to shine and show how incredible they are, uh, which is such a shame. So you talk about people getting teamed up with the pros because of who they are meaning who the pros are and what they can teach. How in the world did we get teamed together in your mind? Because we're both single. What really? do you think? What no, do you think? I, I don't know that that's the only reason. I don't know that answer. It's, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the show matches you up based off ability. Yes, you have quite a story to tell. And to be honest, I'm one of the best storytellers on the show. That's not saying I'm the best choreographer. We're all amazing at what we do. 
but I have such a love for telling stories and especially people's stories. And I think that's a huge part of it because I'm a nurturer and they know I'm going to tell your story well. But I do think at the same time in knowing I'm the only single girl on the cast, they always pair me up with someone in the hopes that maybe it will spark a little something. Uh, they, they won, once they got it right and it was Robert and Kim and they ended up getting married and having twins and they're this the shark tank guy. Yeah. The shark tank guy. And they are the, honestly a match made in heaven. It was, this was, they were supposed to meet, uh, and all these people at the show are my family too. So they're just trying to, I guess, help me out. <laughs> so let me ask you this then whenever they put us together and you see it's me and I have no experience whatsoever and we spend the first week together mm. and you can say this now because I think we're getting in a better place to where. I think we can do some damage and I'm getting better Yeah, and you're getting better at teaching me. We're not close to the good ones yet, but we have things they don't. Yeah, absolutely. But are you like, we don't have a chance? No, not at all. Really? Yeah. Gosh, there's been, honestly, I've only had a couple of partners with the exception of the fact that a lot of them have been athletes. There has only ever been Nick Carter who had dance experience and Charlie White who had dance experience. And he was an athlete too. Athlete. He was an ice skate, ice dancer. You know, other than that, I, James Tinchcliffe turned up. All he does is sit in a car and drive for a living. Never had dance experience, you know, shouldn't have had any coordination. There's been a lot of people that turn up and I think, Oh gosh, Oh gosh, I've got my hands full, but never do I think we've got absolutely no hope because the beauty about this show is you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes you think it's going to be the best dancer that wins and it isn't that person just, falls by the wayside and they're really people are really loving to watch the one that inspires them or motivates them or the one that's had the most growth. You never know what fans are looking for every season on Dancing with the Stars. So you can, can never can the predict. best dancer not win though. Can Absolutely. The- Absolutely the best dancer cannot win. For example, uh when Rashad Jennings won, mind you, he's amazing. Don't get me wrong, he's, he's a great he's an athlete too. He's an athlete and he's a great dancer. But Normani was on that season. Who is a fin- who is if not better than Tanache. Do you know what I mean? She's, she, she was just phenomenal. She was with Val. They did the most incredible pieces all season. Got third. David Ross beat her. How, but how, okay, to be fair, uh, Rashad is, again, a great athlete and can move. Mm-hmm. Okay, David Ross couldn't what, but move. Didn't, great but athlete, didn't but win. couldn't move. But didn't win. Like, got God, second. Compare someone, though, in this world of Dancing with the Stars to me, who has no super athletic experience. I could play in high school a little bit in college, but not even at a high level. So no athlete and never danced. Mm-hmm. Like I, I looked at the list. I went to every single person, every one of them. But why are you trying to find someone I'm like not, you? Isn't it I, great? There's that no there one isn't. like me. That's, that's a, a good thing. And a, oh wow. There's never been anyone win the show. Like there's a reason things continue to happen in history. Right. Um, but in, in the history of the show, no one coming from my background has ever won the show. Mm-hmm. And to you, you got to be like, oh man, like, are you kidding? Like, because you haven't won yet. No, I've come close. You've a been a time. second three times. <laughs> three times. Three times you're one of two people. Yeah. Just doing statistics. I'm near the end. Yeah. If you just say you're going to be one and one three different times, you would bet all your money that one of those three times you're going to hit, just statistically speaking. Right. And you haven't hit. I know. This is what is the um the nickname that. Uh... That they said, the Leonardo DiCaprio of Dancing Oh, yeah. Himself. But he finally won. He finally won. Eventually, after what, 10 years? He did. So, <laughs> I don't have 10 years left. You and I have to win this season. I feel like we have to win this season. Yeah. Like, I'm even... 
you know, uh, looking at the trajectory, like if we just get so much better each week, mm-hmm. and sometimes you won't get better. Sometimes you like to take a step back, take yeah, two, two more absolutely. steps forward. Then I think we can do it, but we have got to hit it right every week. We do. We have no room to to really fall back. No, we don't. You just have to show growth every week. There is, there cannot be fallback, especially for us because we are starting pretty far behind everyone as far as danceability goes. You know, and like you what said, what if I get the flu though? Hey, listen, I've seen you push through being sick already. Let's not forget that. I see you pushing through injuries and pain. What and if I you think get hurt? No end. What if you get hurt? I'm exactly the same. Huh, Mike? What do you think about all this? You're listening. Like what? What's your biggest? You've been watching us every day. We we haven't had a day off. Yeah. No, we haven't. I mean, I've already seen you got getting a lot better. Yeah, and it's crazy to see you go from being just like kind of dreading doing it, like because you know when you're not really good at something, you get kind of flustered. Yeah, and now you're like more comfortable. What do you think about that statement? Yeah, I agree. I agree that you are getting more comfortable and that you're getting confidence in yourself, and that you actually hear me when I say "good job" or you believe me when I say "I'm proud of you." It's you've come in leaps and bounds, not just in dance, but I think in human ways in being able to be vulnerable in that room. And especially this week, dude, you could not have done this dance, even forget physically, emotionally three years ago, three years, three weeks ago, three years ago, definitely. It feels like three years ago when we started. (laughs) Doesn't it? I feel like I've known you my whole life. I'll tell you that. I feel like I've known you my whole life. And so that makes it easier for me to tell your story, but in knowing you and knowing who you were three weeks ago, four weeks ago when we started, there is no way that you could have been this open and this vulnerable in dance. And that's what I think is so beautiful about this. And that's what people are going to love to see. We have never, I have never spent as much time with someone so often, so quickly. Yeah. Because it was Bobby, Sharna, Sharna, Bobby, you're together now every day, hours and hours and hours. Yeah. (laughs) Every day. Totally. And when you're not, you're texting or you're talking, I've never spent as, I just, it would be almost impossible for me to do it with somebody I didn't like. Yes, totally. It will. It is nearly impossible. Trust me. I've, I've had to do it, you know, and it's, it's uh, soul destroying when you feel like you have to be in that space with that person and to be creative with them. You know, that's really, really hard, but we have every now and then you get paired with someone on this show where you have a very special connection with, for the most of the part, it's just easy. Yeah, you go in, you do your job and it's good and you, you have a lot of fun, you get close, but not all the time do you stay connected after the season. There have been a couple in my life where I really have. One is Noah Galloway, one is James Hinchcliffe, and I'm pretty dang sure that you and I are going to be in each other's lives for a very long time. I don't know. I'm a tough one. You're going to be rid of me I'm as soon tu- as we're done? I'm a tough nut. I'll tell you this, though, that I've never touched a human as much. I know, yeah. It's a lot to like, get used to. Nobody isn't it? touches me. <laughs> yeah. Nobody touches me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, don't, like, don't touch. I'm not a. Ha- I don't touch hands. I'm a germaphobe. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's just like getting dunked into a bucket yeah. where it's like, Sharna just like, holds hands, and then your hands are on. It's it's a whole world. <laughs> no, I can't even I'm talk never, about it. I'm never not touching you though, right? Yeah, the, I mean, the whole time it's something. Even, even when I'm sitting next to you, mm. I'm linked into you. While my shoulder is next to you, there is a closeness that comes with dance because there is a, you know, you become very familiar with each other, and so that touch becomes something very, very normal. And it doesn't have to be a sexual thing. It's just a, a friendship and a beautiful and a connection and a, an intimacy in a different way because you and I are spending all of our time with one another. We got to know each other very, very deeply and you're letting me tell your story. That's a whole lot of trust right there. 
It'd be weird if we weren't able to hold hands, but we couldn't do all of that. I don't that. hold anybody's you hand. Do, and like, do mine. My, I do, I know. Mike, I grabbed Amy's hand the other day just because I was like, hey, come here. And I grabbed her hand and, and I was walking. And she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, man. Sharna's got me in this whole bubble. Of, it's a new thing. It's, you're a, going. It's, a, it's a whole new thing. Well, and there's a bit of trust for you to come here and do and have me ask you about your life. Yeah. Because it's just you and me at two microphones right now. I know. And I could walk you down any path I wanted mm-hmm. and say, tell me this, mm-hmm. tell me who you hate, tell me. And, but there's, there's trust here right? that you trust me not to take you somewhere Yeah, that's not good for you. Yeah, of course I trust that. I wouldn't do this if I didn't trust you. Hmm. Mm. Why, what you got? No, I have nothing. I, I, <laughs> I was asking Sharna earlier, Mike, because she's had a bunch of pro athletes. Yeah. Like, because, and someone like Antonio Brown, who plays for the Steelers, one of the best wide receivers, one of the best athletes in the NFL. Like you worked with him. Yeah, I did. I can't imagine like somebody that like he's like a, a Greek god. <laughs> yeah, like his he is. body, how he, he moves, how fast he is. Yeah. Like when you get someone that is that just athletic, chiseled, muscular, mm-hmm. it's like an art. Yeah, I mean it's it's phenomenal what you can do when it comes to uh athletes, right? They're so coordinated and and uh ready to learn their body has been through the ringer already with what they do for their career. And they're, you know, pushing it to do something beyond its limit. They're used to being coached and pushed. And so it's a, it's a whole nother level. And I work with them in a completely different way to the way that I work with you, uh, with them. It's uh, a different experience, but it, it is amazing. It's equally amazing to work with you too. You know, there's sometimes athletes come on, but they don't really have a story that they want to share. It's all just gold chains and, and oh, money. That's what I wish mine was. No, I wish you that don't. was my story. Gold chains and money. <laughs> Two things I don't really give a crap about. Yeah, exactly. But I wish that was my story. Gold, there's no depth to that. Gold come chains on, yeah. and money. It's yeah. a couple. A couple yeah. gold chains. Just a couple. Look, I'm pretty sure you could get them. Yeah, I don't really want them. I just wish I wanted them. I think we were talking earlier. Like, I wish I wanted to be cooler. Yeah. I don't think you need to be any cooler. You are cool just the way that you are. What's cooler? What would be cooler? Gold chains and money. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Gold. I just show up, blinged out. Blinged out. Just get diamonds all around the edge of your glasses. Just full diamond glasses. Can you imagine? <laughs> okay, let's let's do best and worst. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about... We'll do each other, okay? Okay. In this game. Okay. Um, best and worst. In this game. <laughs> yeah, in this game. <laughs> well done. Um, best and worst thing about working with me on this show. We'll do best first. Go ahead. Best thing is... Getting to know you as a human, not to be sentimental and cheesy, but very, very true. Okay. And what's the worst, the hardest thing about working with me on the show? Uh, the wild card that you are on Mondays. Sometimes your energy <laughs> goes kind of out the, out the window. And, um, We've only had two weeks roof. though. To be fair, the sample size is very small. The sample size is. So you're <laughs> right. asking me, to, I know. ask me again. I, should, like, I, shouldn't have, again. I shouldn't have interrupted. I'm sorry. Let me ask you. What's the hardest, the worst part so far? You being a wild card on Monday nights, but you should ask me again in a couple of weeks because I have a feeling that's going to change. I think it's going to change too. Mm-hmm. Um, you got really mad at me, and oh, I got so mad. People will hear this for a whole, for a year, two, three years to come. But what happened was last week in week two, mm-hmm. we did what's called a fox dance, fox trot, fox trot, fox yeah. trot. Yes, yeah. and on the fox trot, I did okay. And at the end, we were the listen. We were the last act. We were the last act. I, I felt, and, and it was a slow dance, you and felt I felt pressured, pressured to. I know, and. 
you had choreographed this beautiful dance mm-hmm. and we got to the very end and I didn't sit down on the bench. Instead, I flossed. I was going to kill <laughs> and you. And you were, you were so pissed. You I were, was so mad you at were you so that pissed. I smacked like, you so hard with the rose when you sat next to me. I forgot that I was on live television. But even outside of that. Yeah, I was pissed. You were so pissed. Yeah. Just genuinely. And I, I was disappointed in myself in the fact that I didn't like for you to be mad at me. Yeah. I wasn't mad at what I did. And I told you that. Yeah, I know. But I, I hated that you were upset with me. Hated it. I was so upset with you. But do you know why though? Because it's not that it's not that I was offended that you would do that to my choreography. It's not that I was I felt like you did something wrong to me. It was that I didn't want people to look at you and think, Oh, he's not taking this seriously. Eh, he's just a goofball having fun out there, whatever, and not care about you because people take this show very seriously. They are so passionate about getting behind their favorite and voting to help them go and win or help them on their journey. And if they see that you're not taking it seriously, then their votes go to someone else. But I know how passionate you are and I know how much you work and I know what it took for that week for us to just get through those two dances. And at the end of that freaking week, it was like near meltdown status, especially for me on Friday. I wanted to kill you. You couldn't even finish the last move. I wanted. I wanted to punch you. If I'm being you, really, you know, you did, and you walked off. We finished our TV. Oh, hit, I left you, and she left. Mike, like she walked, and I was yeah, like, Ooh. I was gone. And this was this was my thought process at the time. I thought I think America's gonna like what I did, and I thought I was the last act, and I felt pressure because we were the last act on the show. And I felt that it was a slow dance. If it had been a fast dance, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have done that. I felt like there was energy, good energy. Um, but I didn't like for you to be upset. So I was walking this line inside of my head, and so I, I, you came over and I apologized hard. Yeah, you and did. sincere as possible. Yeah, you were still mad, but I, <laughs> I hadn't mad. let it go yet. <laughs> and you shouldn't have. And I even said to you, you should be mad. Yeah. And then we went back. <laughs> it was, here's the problem that was bothersome to me, Mike, is that. If you're fighting with your girlfriend, you have to fix it so she can still be your girlfriend. You know, Sean is not my girlfriend. You still got to fix it. And I was like, I got to fix this. I got to, like, I got (sighs) to. But I did because I knew we would be together for a while. Yeah. And we sat and we talked and I explained why I right or wrong did what Mm -hmm. I did. And I promised Mm -hmm. I was never going to surprise you again. But what if I would have said to you, Sean, I want to floss at the end of this dance. What would you have really said? I mean... I would have told you not to. I know. I would have told you it wasn't the time to do it. I know you would have. But then I text you later that night and I was like, I trust you implicitly. Do you and don't change. Right? Yeah, no, no, you did. And I was, I'm going to get to that because we had a, we just had a talk where we started understanding. You. I think that was a great thing for our growth as together. Probably. When we sat in the trailer for mm-hmm. 45 minutes. Yeah. And we're just like all guts out. Yeah. We just... I think that was good for us because we both had to one, let one wall down and two kind of establish, Hey, we both have a thing that we're doing here. Right. I think that was good for us. And you would have said no. I know you would have said no. I would have said no. You would have said no. And then I would have done it. You would have got double pissed because you, you, I would have done it and you would have already said no. I mean, it's possible. I weighed that in my head. I do not like being in the dark about things. I do not like it. No, No one does. But do it again. And I'm not doing it again. <laughs> do not, it again. And I'll actually punch you on live television. And you would at this point. I know I'm not doing it again, but I will say that, um, I promised you that I'm not going to do anything like that. Any, any more surprises? Yes. No more surprises. So, and this next dance is serious and it's perfect timing and you picked a great serious, 
what do you call it? A contemporary? Yeah, contemporary. Well, I mean, it's really your story. So your story yeah, you found it. the dance. This yes. is all. This is you. Yeah, this is what I do. Yeah, my this favorite is, part. You designed all of telling the story by all the movements and. But you're also known. You were, you're not going to say this because you already kind of jumped around it. You're also known around that place as the best chore- choreographer. Like that's what they know you as. Like they say, Sharna, oh, she's the best choreographer of the group. That's what they tell me. They're like, you got lucky because you don't know what you're doing, but she knows what she's doing. Not just how to dance, but how to create. Yeah, that's in, really awesome. Inside of you know the square or whatever they call the ballroom. I don't know what that is. The ballroom. And ballroom's not like just ballroom dancing. Does that count as like jive? Or is uh, that ballroom? Yeah. So, well, specifically ballroom dancing is made up of 10 different dances, which is two different styles. There's the standard style and the Latin American style. Standard is waltz, tango, foxtrot, quickstep, Viennese waltz. And then the Latin American side of things is cha-cha, rumba, samba, pasado, and jive. Hmm. I don't know what any of that means. Yeah. That was all just Chinese to you, right? I was asking her about the uh, Vietnamese waltz. Viennese. I learned it's not the Vietnamese, it's the Viennese. Yeah, wow. What is So what, what do you want to do? What's your goal in, in five years? What do you want to do? My goal in five years? I love to act. Uh, I love to... I'm getting, I've gotten back into singing over the last 12 months as well, and I really enjoy that too. Uh, but I have this feeling I'm going to end up in hosting. Uh, I love talking for a living. I like enjoy television. it. Yeah. And yeah. I enjoy talking to people and conversing with people. And I want to continue to build on this platform that I have because I really like that I get to have a voice and I get to inspire people and I get to create change with it if I want to. And I don't take that for granted. And I see things in my future where I get to um, make a difference specifically for women. Best and worst. Let me do you real quick. The best thing is that you figured out how I work, meaning I just want to work. Yeah. There's no, and at first it was like, Hey, you got to like, stop doing math probabilities in your head, Bobby. You, you, you're like, stop, right. stop walking to the corner. Cause I'll be like, right foot, three, apple dashed four, seven, seven, nine. <laughs> but I think, you know, now that when I show up, I'm there, I'm early, I'm ready to work. I'm working when I get home and mm-hmm. we just work. Yeah. You don't have to coddle me. Nope. You don't call me. No, I definitely don't. Definitely no, don't. Even, but when I'm tough on you, even sometimes I'm still like, I'm so sorry. I'm not being nice to but you. But what do I say? Time. What do I say when you say that? You don't need me to be. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need you to be nice. Yeah. Like you treat me consistent and that's the most important way you can treat someone. Mm-hmm. Because I just know that if you're, then if you become inconsistent, it's true. Yeah. Like if you're consistent with me all the time and you do go, oh, hey, that's really bad. Stop doing that. I know it's really bad. Or if you go, hey, that's really good. I still flinch, but I know it's good. I say things are awful. Yeah. I look at it. That was awful. awful. Why do you do that? That was what awful. Is that? What is that? And I'm like, ooh, I'm not going so good. <laughs> Tell me what that was. Tell me what you did there. Why do I not like that? <laughs> um, so that's the best thing is I think consistency is currency. Yeah. And I love it. Totally. I'm totally in. As long as you're the same and you are. Um, the worst thing is that you're just late. I know. It just drives me up the wall. Does it? And up the freaking wall. Because <laughs> you're early I'm, every time. I'm there. I mean, I got in a wreck. I got in a car wreck, and I was six minutes late. And so... Uh, I'm always ten minutes late. Yeah, well. So, okay. And then we're, I'll we're work on that. I'll work on that for you. We've been doing this for 40 minutes. Oh, that went really quick. Oh, we could do three hours. I'm, I'm an expert at this. Oh, I see and that. You're, and you're good, so we, we'd be good. We do this all the time anyway, just with no microphones. Yeah, we'll, no. We'll, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. <laughs> this, is, this is like a human time. <laughs> uh, SharnaBurgess.com. What can, what can they see and find out there? 
shanaburgers.com will lead you to uh, actually the, my shop that has a whole lot of my dance cardio workouts, which are a really favorite thing of mine that I'm doing right now to help people get to move and understand how to dance and gain confidence in their body. It's something that you can attest to now too and having just danced for a little while. Uh, a whole bunch of merchandise that is female empowerment inspired and just all things me basically. A little bit of a blog, a little bit of everything. And we're going to go and we're flying to California right now. Yep. Because it's a sad, it's a Saturday. Saturday. All sense of days is gone with Saturday. Me. Yeah, uh, we go and uh, Monday we're on again. Hopefully we make it to the next round. And uh, thank you all. Please keep voting. Like that's how we're going to get what we're going to yes, get. Yes, like, for sure. We're not Tanache or Demarcus, like people that have a, quickly a natural ability. Yeah. Like it's going to be my people, and then we're going to get better as my people help us. Right. Like exactly. that's re- that's really going to be it. So. Yeah. Uh, good. Did you have fun? This is good for you? This is amazing. Let's do it again. All right. Sharna Burgess, episode... 141. 141. Thanks for listening to the Bobbycast. We'll see you next time.